Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the post-game show on Optus Sport. And a big welcome to you if you're joining us on the Optus Sport football podcast as well. I'm Neve Owens alongside Tanya Oxtoby, Joe Montemuro and Chloe Legazzo. We have just witnessed an historic victory for Nigeria. Their biggest winning margin at a Women's World Cup. 3-1 victors over the Matildas in what T is a really crucial result for Group B. It is. Um, we spoke before the game about that they were going to be a massive threat and I thought they executed their game plan exceptionally well. Um, you know, three goals in any game is exceptional and I thought they, they managed the game as well, quite well towards the end when the Matildas were looking to throw the kitchen sink at them. We're going to have a look at those goals in just a moment's time, but Joe, ultimately it means for the Matildas, they take on Canada on Monday, knockout football starts now. Simple as that, simple as that, and I think now everyone just needs to, you know, take a breath, just let's start getting some security back in, let's start getting to where we are and get a little bit of clarity where we are with the squad too. Because just before half-time, Chloe, we were feeling pretty good about this. Emily Van Egmond came into the starting side and we saw Caitlin Ford driving at the defence in that way that we know she can do. Yeah, 100%. I think we had moments that were really good, but what we need to take out of this game is that it is the moment, right? So they scored just before the half. It would have been it's detrimental detrimental, sorry, for us to go into halftime going 1-1. If it was 1-0, wouldn't the game have changed completely? We did see in the final moment of injury time, Kanu, who came in for Oshwala with a massive moment for Nigeria that, as Chloe said, really changed those team talks at halftime. Yeah, I think as a coach, you, you're set and you're ready to go, right, Joe? And uh, and then that happens right before halftime makes it really, really difficult. You have to sort of rethink. And it, it's a lapse in concentration. It is a good finish, but for me, the Matildas should have closed the door on that and they should be going into halftime 1-0. Yeah, absolutely. Managing managing those moments, that situation. You're 1-0 up, a couple of minutes to go. You know, that's, that's a mindset. That's a mindset that you just manage and you say, OK, we'll see you at the half. This can't happen. This cannot happen. And so it was 1-1 at half time. And as we headed into the second half, we can check out our Kia inspirational moment. And it came from Nigeria. Ohale with her goal, putting her body on the line in this moment, Tanya. She got a boot from Milana Kennedy, who was trying to clear the ball off the line. And this was key. It is, and, and look, you, you've got to throw everything at it there. Like, the, the, the header's come back across goal, and she's put her body, like, as you said, put her body on the line, bundled it over. The Kalana's tried to clear it, but when you've got the momentum, it's so difficult as a defender to be able to hook that away. That was an incredible goal. It came one minute after we saw Oshwala enter the fray. And, of course, their highest ever goal scorer at Women's World Cup and the first African footballer now, Joe, to score at three separate Women's World Cups. Yeah. Um, a couple of my teams have played against her uh, at Barcelona and she's so powerful. Gets in these positions and look how calm she is. Look how calm she is. She just slotted away nice, nice and easy. She's, she's, a, she's a top striker. 
defensively, Tanya, what happened here from an Australian perspective? You look here and, and the run's come off Alana's shoulder. I'm not quite sure she's seen her there. She's gone to head the ball back to, to Maka and, um, yeah, she's underhit it a little bit. But that comes from anticipation. You know, Schwala's in, as Joe said, nice and calm, really good finish. It's disappointing. Chloe, two players who have played so much football together over the years. This is a part of the game that they won't want to watch back. 100%. And I could say it comes from a lack of communication, but you can't hear a thing in this stadium. So um, just the awareness of, of knowing where you are and um, I guess maybe the connection between Macker and Alana. I want to go back to what we spoke about immediately on full-time, Joe, and that was the lack of a plan B from the Matildas tonight. We know they had some key injuries to attacking players, but when they were chasing this game, they brought a defender on, Courtney Vine off. Polks have scored goals for Australia before, but this was a big ask in a big moment. Look, they uh, obviously when you put a defender up top, you want to go long, you want to be able to sort of uh, somehow create some second balls in those areas there. But Nigeria were basically playing with a back four and one in front all the time. So effectively, she was dropping in as a fifth defender. It wasn't going to work because it was always going to be three against two. You know, you had to drag that midfielder out of the line and maybe find some space over. But they weren't giving us any space to do that. They were so stoic defensively tonight, Nigeria, weren't they? They had a plan. They stuck to their formation. And it felt like late from an Australian perspective, we tried some long diagonal balls and just throw it into the mixer and hope for the best. Yeah, look, as we mentioned before, I thought the way they managed the game, um, especially in the last five to ten minutes, was exceptional. We have to give them credit for that. You know, we speak a little bit about Australia's plan B and maybe a little bit of a lack of it for, from a visual point of view from us up here, but you have to give Nigeria credit. They've, they've got bodies behind the ball. They've put their... They've won first balls, they've won second balls. You know, they've managed the game, and that's all you can ask when you're in that position. I think Australia was a little too late coming back in. Obviously, there was a lot of balls going across. I think in the second half, we, we lost our way a little bit. We weren't controlling the tempo. And I said at the start, it, it was all about winning the midfield, and, and we kind of lost it. We were going for Alana as we pushed her up. But I think we needed to come up with a second plan when our first plan was failing. Well, technically third plan. Let's head pitch side now. Mark Schwarzer is there with the Aussie skipper tonight, Steph Catley. Uh, Steph, how disappointed are you with the performance and the results tonight? What was that? Sorry, sorry how disappointed are you with the performance and the results tonight? Uh, yeah, obviously extremely disappo disappointed. I think this was a massive opportunity for us that we've obviously let slide, but it's tournament football and this sort of thing happens. Uh, it was definitely not our best performance. I think we created a lot of opportunities that we potentially could have finished. Um, I haven't seen the statistics, but I assume we had a fair few shots. Um, yeah, if some of those go, go in, maybe it's a different story, but they were great on the counter and they finished their chances. Um, so we just got to think to, to Canada now. What do you feel went wrong today? Um, a lot of things. I think we forced the ball going forward a little bit. We weren't patient enough at times and then we weren't clinical enough, I think. Oh, we had a lot of set pieces tonight that um, usually maybe one or two go in um, and we just maybe weren't timing the runs right and the balls weren't in the right place. But um, that's something we'll look at and... We've just got to move on as quick as possible because this is this is what World Cups are about. You, you know, our backs are up against the wall now, and it's not how we would have liked it. But um, nothing good comes easy, so we'll be thinking of Canada straight away and, and figuring out how we can win that game. 
Uh, what do you need to do differently for this Canada game that's coming up? Well, it's a completely different opposition, so we're going to have to, to look at them pretty carefully. But um, just the basics, probably. We just need to tidy up and, and be more clinical in our chances and, and have a look at some of the transition opportunities we had. Um, but yeah, we'll have, a, we'll have a look over at Canada. We've got to move on from this nice and quickly and, and learn from what we can um, do better and then, yeah, move on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Steph. Steph Catley there speaking to Mark Schwarzer after the game. She mentioned a few things that they need to work on, T. One real issue they had tonight was that they were not able to draw Nigeria out of their formation. Canada, I'm sure, will have been watching this game and taking note of that. Yeah, we, we were watching in the first half and there was there was a really clear rotation where one of the sixes was coming out, the fullback was going high and then the seven or eleven was coming inside. But the timing and the starting point of those movements didn't really disrupt Nigeria's um, structure. So whilst the movement is great, I think the timing and the opportunity of when they're doing it and why they're doing it, might that might be one thing to look at because... Canada aren't going to give them anything. It's all to play for for both teams. And I think Australia know they need to be better on the ball and control the game a little bit better to make sure that those transition moments don't happen. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, totally agree. Uh, sometimes rotations for rotation's sake, it's it's not needed. I mean, when when there's when there's two definite lines and they're very, very close, you've just got to keep swinging, shifting, shifting, shifting. Once you pull them out, then you need play, players' positions play, to play through or you drag them out to play over. Um, there wasn't really much preparation of that. It was all sort of balls dropping and we'd run at them because they were a little bit unorganised. The boss will have plenty to contemplate after this result here at Brisbane Stadium tonight. Let's hear from Tony Gustafsson. He's with Mark Schwarzer. Tony, how, how disappointed were you with the performance tonight? I think there's part of this performance that I think is very good. I'm very disappointed of the result. Um, but we know football is one or lost inside of 18. A couple of mistakes cost us. We had enough opportunity to even score more, but we scored two goals. Um, so I think this part of the performance that I'm actually pleased with, but I'm very disappointed with the result. You've talked a lot about game changes. What, can you tell us why you waited until the 82nd minute to make that so, first? Sorry, I didn't hear. You talk a lot about game changes. Why did you wait until the 82nd minute to make that first game-changing substitution? thought some of the players were performing well. Uh, as a coach, you always uh, evaluate after the game, do you do it in the right moment? When do you do those subs? Um, I'm going to look back at it and see if it was the right moment. I think we got an effect when we did it. Was it because we did it in the right moment that we did get the effect or could have done it earlier? I'm going to evaluate that for sure afterwards. Do you think not having Sam Kerr and Mary Feller available uh, was, it, was a factor in the result and the performance tonight? You know what we said, we're always going to focus on the players we have available and a lot of people were worried about our attack tonight without them on the park, but we scored two goals um, and we had some really, really brilliant attacking sequences. We moved the ball faster than we did against Ireland. We saw more fluid attacking game, we created more. We were really dangerous on set plays. I can't believe we didn't score on a set play earlier. Um, so in that sense, we're just going to focus on the plays we have available. And for you, what needs to change for the Canada game? It's too early to say that now. I need to analyse, and that's a completely different game. Uh, what I did say to the group now is uh, when it's uh, as tough as it is right now, that's when the true character comes out of a team. And you can see it in the last 10 minutes as well, the Neves say die attitude. It, took, it didn't take us all the way to 3-3, to but it did take us very, very close. And the other thing is also the, the fans and the stands, the, the way they carried out in the last 15, or the whole game actually, was also amazing. And even to, to show the support and belief in this team even after the game, even though it was a disappointing result, it's amazing to see that support. Thank you. All right, thanks. thanks, thanks. 
Tony Gustafsson with Mark Schwartzer just a couple of moments ago. Schwartzy is with us now on the sideline. Schwartzy, TG mentioned there that he saw a fluidity in attack. He said we created more opportunities than we did against Ireland. Is that how you saw it? Well, I think later on in the game, they certainly did. Now, I mean, we're talking probably like 10 minutes or so or 11 minutes of uh, added time. That's when, obviously, naturally teams will drop off. You've got a 3-1 lead, you're trying to preserve, and you drop deeper. And, yes, inevitably, chances are created. I think when he looks back, um, when he looks back at those substitutions, when he made them, and the type of substitutions he made, I think he will look back with a little bit of regret. I think taking off... Uh, you know, uh, an attacking player putting on, Claire Polking on, then put Alana Kenny up front was way too early. Uh, it wasn't effective until later on in the game. I think Alex Chiliak, when she came on, I thought she was she was a big difference. Um, she should have probably scored, but I thought she needed more time on the football pitch. And if she had been on there earlier, I think uh, it could have been a different result. Chids providing that creative outlet. What about at the other end of the park, Schwartzy? When you look at the defensive performance from the Aussies today, are there moments, are there lapses in concentration that ultimately they were made to rue? There were, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, defensively, I thought today we were a little bit uncertain, a little bit unsure at times. Uh, we created confusion, and yes, there was confusion with Alana Kennedy, of course, and Mackenzie Arnold with, with, with one of the goals. Um, and that's kind of like the icing on the cake, isn't it, to make it 3-1. Um, I, I thought overall, even, even in the Island game, I thought defensively at times we looked a little bit vulnerable. And today was no different against a better opposition, let's be honest. Going forward, uh, Nigeria is certainly a better opposition. But I also don't think Nigeria were outstanding today. I thought we allowed Nigeria back in the game. I thought there was times where we had a lot of the ball, a lot of domination. We just weren't effective enough. I thought we were too sloppy in possession. Gave the ball away way too easily throughout the whole game. Um, and I think defensively there were some, some, some really uh, underperforming performances, that's for sure. Disappointing right in this moment, but ultimately knockout football, still a possibility for the Matildas. It means this clash with Canada on Monday is do or die, Schwartzy. You've been around the Matildas set up all week. Is there any chance they risk Sam Kerr in this game? Well, we've been talking about, uh, you know, towards the end of the game, that, that very question has always been posed. Of course, that's the first thing you're going to say. I think with, with luck, I think we'll see Mary Fowler back. Um, I think Sam Kerr, it really just depends on where she is. Um, I don't I, I don't know my gut feeling is we won't probably see her from the start but I think there's a chance we may see her in the game but it really depends on where she is what the risks are involved with with bringing her on if they ever even do bring her on um, that's a really really big call and a call that obviously the medical staff and Sam herself would make and you've got to respect that of course and I, I, look there's no doubt for me if she can play a part she will be desperate to get out there she will, 100%. And you know what? Exactly where she's at with this injury is this point we'll be looking for clarity on from the Matildas ASAP as we count down to kickoff in that crucial game with Canada on Monday. Schwartzy, thank you so much for your thoughts. Let's cross to Adriano Del Monte now, who was watching this with fans in Adelaide, some of whom undoubtedly would have left disappointed. But Adriano, there's some Nigerian fans who loved every minute. Thanks, Steve. Well, it wasn't all doom and gloom here in Adelaide today because I've got Tommy, who's from Nigeria but lives here in Adelaide. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. How good was that? It was awesome. It was good to watch my girls. It was really good. Um, and I think the Matildas did so well. I ne I've never watched the Matildas play before, mm -hmm. but 
they're really good as well. Um, I, I predicted a 2-1, so I'm amazed that it was a 3-2, which is, yeah, it's the same thing, really. Was that a 2-1 for Nigeria? Uh, yeah, basically. Okay, very cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is a 2-1 okay. for Nigeria. Well, now you've done very well there. But now, as things stand, Nigeria are in a position where a point against Ireland and through to the knockouts, it's, it's quite remarkable. Did you think this was possible at the start of the tournament? Um, my fingers are crossed, to be honest, really crossed. Um, but I'm happy that they're going to the next round. Um, possibility, yes, because my girls are go-getters, especially the keeper. She is a keeper. She is a keeper. The keeper is a keeper. I caught up with her after the Canada match. She was the player of the match there. She did a great job against tonight. She's a key player to keep an eye on. Congratulations. Thank in you. Enjoy Thank the you. celebrations. And, Neve, there are still some happy fans here in Adelaide. Adriano, thank you so much. A big win for Nigeria tonight. The first time in their Women's World Cup history that they've fought back from a goal down for Victory Tea. And it puts them in the box seat to progress, as they did in 2019, to the knockout rounds. What a great group we've got now, um, going into the sort of final round of fixtures for this group. And anything can happen, which is exactly what we want. We see the gap clo closing between all of the nations that are competing here and a fantastic performance from them tonight to put them right up at the top where they can then challenge to go through. It was a bit of a nervy start from Nigeria early, Joe, but they attacked in transition as we knew they would and they took their opportunities. They took their opportunities and, uh, as I said, they didn't have a lot of uh, sort of constructed stuff, but every sort of second effort or second ball they were winning, but they were finding room to run at our defence and um, causing all, all sorts of trouble. And, uh, look, they took, their, they took their moments, they took their chances. Schwartzy, we know they're physical, they're aggressive and they're fast on the edges. What did you love about Nigeria tonight? Well, I like the calmness. I like the way they set deep in, 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 uh, in defence. I like the transition, how quick they were then to put Australia under pressure. I thought they got it right in terms of when to put pressure on the ball in midfield. And they wanted at key moments to put pressure more on Australia. And I thought it ca caused a lot of doubt, certainly in our midfield throughout this game. Um, and then we know. We know the threat they have going forward. We know they're so dangerous. Obviously, I think a lot of people thought, hey, that's a great result that Ashwala is on the bench. She may not even take part in the game. But then Kanu is in there. You know, there's, there's a lot of threat that they have, a lot of pace that they have. And, of course, Oshwala comes on and scores a goal. Who, who would have thought that she would have done that? Of course, everyone did, because she's such a good player. Um, so, yeah, look, they're an exciting team to watch. They've got a lot to play for. They've put themselves in a great position. And, uh, look, I, I think they've got a great position. They should... The way they've played today, they'll finish top of the group, I think. They think they should beat Ireland, and that's no disrespect to Ireland. I think they're way too good for them. And I think, you know, so far, it'll be a, a, a fantastic group stage performance by them. You mentioned Oshuala there. She didn't start tonight because she copped a knock against Canada, but she came on in the 63rd minute. She had a big impact and she became the first African player to score at three separate Women's World Cups. Let's hear from Oshuala now. Um, I think I'm going to give kudos to my teammates. Everyone went out there to play their heart out. Um, no one knows what this team is made of. Uh, we only have to come to the field and show ourselves and show the kind of heart we have. Like I said earlier, this team has a lot to offer and everyone in the world has seen that today. And you started from the bench. Did they give you much time to study the game from afar? I mean, uh, sometimes you got to make team decisions and to be honest with you, I wasn't like really feeling too well, but um, I'm not a selfish person. And this is why we have 23 players in the squad for the World Cup. If someone is not 100%, then other people can step up. And as you can see, they all stepped up on the pitch today. So 
It doesn't matter for me where I'm starting from. The most important thing is the team result. And congratulations as well. You joined the list of Africa's top scorers at the Women's World Cup. Were you aware coming into this match? No, actually, but um, like I've always said, each tournament I go, I want to make sure I give everything, fight for my teammates and fight for this badge. You know, this is the best country in the world. They are watching you in Nigeria now. Tell them something. Nigeria for life! Let's go! Raw emotion from Oshwala there. She has played in the biggest stadiums in the world. She's a forward for Barcelona, and you can see just how much this win for Nigeria means to her. Amy Chapman was part of our commentary team today. Chappie, the Aussies threw the kitchen sink at them late, but ultimately just not enough. No, absolutely not. No, I mean, look, we, 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 you saw from a bird's eye view. How disappointing was it for you and frustrating for you watching that game from up there? Yeah, it was a difficult one to call, really. I felt like the momentum was with the Matildas in the first half. They they got the opening goal, of course, with Van Egmont. It was a great finish, but disappointing, really. They had 15 corners, and they capitalised maybe in the dining minutes there. They're a bit wasteful, lo lobbing balls in from deep. I think they maybe lacked a bit of imagination in that final third, but ultimately, Nigeria were very clinical with the opportunities they had. I'm going to have to ask you and put you on the spot. Tony Gustafsson made some substitutions, made it very, very late, brings on a defender, pushes Alana Kennedy forward. Alex Chiriak, what are the attacking players thinking on the bench? Well, you know you're struggling for strikers when you're bringing on Polkinghorne, who's a central defender, although very well known for scoring offset pieces, which they had a ton of tonight. So, again, lucky in that, that options going forward. I thought Chiriak actually really made a difference. We could have done with her 10, 15 minutes earlier. He needed to go for it at the 3-1 gap there. It's too late. They're getting frustrated. Nigeria is sitting further and further back a little too late. The positives, we, we heard from Tony, I mean, there are positives. They did create a lot of chances. I put it personally down to Nigeria dropping off, holding on. Does he take that as a positive moving forward? Well, you could say they scored two goals tonight, and two goals should be enough to win you a game in a World Cup. And in most other games, it would have been, but they conceded three. They had a lot of numbers thrown forward, and, of course, Nigeria are famous for being having, having a quick counter-attack, and they just couldn't nullify that tonight. So, you know, three points to Nigeria and they deserved it. I mean, the fact that Nigeria are quick, they're, 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 they're very energetic. They've got Ashwala comes on in the game. They've got 20, 20 minutes to go. So they've made five, four to substitutions. What are the players thinking? We haven't made one substitution yet. Yeah, I think they were looking for some sort of spark, some sort of energy. You saw as a couple of moments there, Ellie Carpenter, she went for some bursting runs and she turned and demanded more from her team. Didn't see that enough from the other players there. Oshwala comes on. The sheer presence of being able to bring on a player like that caused some confusion between Arnold, Kennedy, and there's that third goal. So, yep, some tactics, a bit of chess out there, and it just didn't go Australia's way. And you mentioned that we scored two goals. Should normally take it over the line, win a game. So defensively, we, it was probably one of our poorest performances for a while. Yeah, they didn't have a lot to do, I don't think. But, um, again, it's to do with those high turnovers. They're pushing numbers forward, and Nigeria were just great on the counter-attack. Back to you guys in the studio. Schwartzy, Chappie, thank you so much for your thoughts. What it means is this clash with Canada on Monday is a massive one. Knockout football starts now for the Matildas. Only a win will do. Let's have a look ahead to these Monday games, starting with Japan and Spain, two teams who have been in incredible form throughout this World Cup so far. Costa Rica take on Zambia. And then from 7pm Eastern, we'll have all the build-up in Melbourne ahead of Canada's clash with Australia. T, a huge... Huge game for the host nation.
It's set up nicely, isn't it? Um, uh, you heard Steph Catley there say their backs are against the wall. They know what they have to do. Canada know what they have to do. You couldn't ask for a better last round. Um, so, yeah, essentially we're going to have an absolute, as you said, blockbuster uh, come Monday night. In the lead up to this tournament, Joe, we probably saw that game as the toughest in the group. Nigeria proved very difficult to beat tonight. They were an incredible performance, ultimately. What needs to change for Australia when they take on the Olympic champions on Monday? It will be a different game. It will be a game uh, probably more structured. I think uh, I think Canada are probably a more structured, more predictable as a team. You know, Nigeria, you their their culture a little bit more instinctive. They'll 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 just invent things. So and they're hard to, they're hard to play against. You know, so it'll be a it'll be a real tactical battle. It will be a uh, the team that I, that I will that's able to control, that's able to prepare, that's able to find the space will win this game, but it's going to be a different game. I think that plays into Canada's hands, to be honest, knowing Bev Priestman as a coach and yep. how structured she is and how much she plans for those moments. I know we've spoken a lot about it, Chloe. I think this situation pl plays very much into Canada's hands. The Aussies do like, though, Chloe, teams that come at them, teams that will attack them. They find it so difficult when teams sit back. Will that suit the Australian style a little bit more? I definitely think so. And, and us as Australians, we instinctively love when our backs are against the wall and when the pressure's on, and that's when we seem to always perform. Um, so this last game, with having everyone there, is really going to test us, but I think this is when we shine. We love leaving it to the last minute. Um, historically yes <laughs> so it's going to be a great game and we've absolutely done that this monday game on optus sport is going to be huge chloe Lagazzo, joe montemuro tanya oxby thank you so much for your company tonight thank, thank you. you thank you for your company at home we've got a full wrap of the day's football coming up for you with kelly summers and Catherine cannoli back in the studio we'll look ahead to some crackers that we've got coming up tomorrow as well but from here in brisbane it's nigeria celebrating a 3-2 victory over the matildas and as we head to a break it's caitlin ford continuing to inspire a generation thanks to adidas So when I was 16 at the first FIFA Women's World Cup, it was a bit daunting standing next to the Brazilians. To feel that the girls trusted me and had the support, that's kind of all I needed to walk out with them into that match. I think it's really powerful now to have role models like myself and the rest of the girls. You're making me look good. To come full circle back to a clinic that I was at when I was younger, if you would have told me back then I would have been standing here doing this, I wouldn't have believed you. I mean, I had a hunch that someone would come, but I didn't know it would be Caitlin. It was really exciting. I'm just excited to give them some advice and hopefully what we do on the field inspires them to want to take our place one day. Tomorrow, it's day nine of the FIFA Women's World Cup on Optus Sport. 8am Eastern, catch up on all the day's news and highlights with Daily Kickoff. At 9.30 a.m. Eastern, Argentina face South Africa. Then at 5.30 Eastern, it's a Group D cracker. England take on Denmark. Day 9 wraps up at 8.45 when China face Haiti in Adelaide. You're watching the FIFA Women's World Cup. Every match is live on Optus Sport. 
Hello and welcome back to the Optus Sports Studio here in Sydney. Our thanks to Neve and the gang for bringing us all the action from Brisbane this evening. Myself and Catherine Canuli are going to continue wrapping up the day as well as previewing the, all the action that we've got to come exclusively live for you on Optus Sport tomorrow. So let's get straight into those previews then. And we're going to start with the games in Group D and in particular England who will be taking on Denmark. Coverage for that one gets underway at 5.30pm Eastern and Kath. This is a huge game for both nations and when we saw the groups announced a lot of people said this could potentially be the decider. This is a massive game for football and in this World Cup and it's going to be a battle of who's going to top the group as well. I think it's, it's a um, clear tactical battle as well. Both teams that love to play football and love to get really stuck in and I can't wait for it to be honest. Let's start by talking about the group because as it looks as we can see, look how tight it is. Three points apiece. Denmark winning their game late on against China. England with a penalty to see them beat Haiti. It wasn't convincing from the Lionesses and it probably wasn't really too convincing from Denmark either. Both games weren't convincing wins and it's um, very, very important here that whoever wins this game is going to have a clear um, you know, way through into, into the next round. So it's super important that both teams are prepared and ready to go and they need to make sure that they bring their A game because, to be honest, both England and Denmark, I don't think, have really hit where they should really be in this tournament. Thomas Sorensen will be part of our panel for this game tomorrow and he was saying to me before, obviously we've got a little bit of rivalry going on, he was saying before that a few months ago he'd have been very nervous about this game as a Danish man but now he's not so nervous. England were a bit underwhelming weren't they? Definitely. Um, I think with, with Denmark especially, I think he's 100% right. He, he understands that where the game has come in, in the Danish league and where they are now, it's, it's improved so much. And to see those girls actually come out, there's some quality footballers in that team that you can't underestimate. And we know how far the women's game has come, but got to agree with you there on England. They have been underwhelming for sure. I think the, the, the sights have been set really, really high for them. Obviously, being European champions and coming into this competition, they are without a few players, but there's still plenty of quality in that team where they really should be performing a little bit better. Yeah, really looking forward to that one. Do make sure you join us here on Optus Sport for that one. And after that, we will see the other two teams in Group D take to the stage. China versus Haiti. Both of these teams lost their opening games. But, Kath, for Haiti in particular, their tournament debut, they really impressed quite a few people with their performance against the Lionesses. They were amazing. I think they, they tried their hearts out. They, they really tried to take it to them. And, you know, it's a credit to these countries that are coming to these World Cups now and, and in their debut because we know how much the gap is so huge, especially between, you know, an England and a Haiti. There's, there's massive gaps in terms of resources and how far, you know, the games are. But to see these teams come to the World Cup and to be able to put on a performance and try and give their all, I think it's, it's a credit to where women's football is right now. As for China, we know just how good they can be. They'll be favourites for this one and they could realistically get out of this group. They can, but for me, to be honest, China has, you know, in, in the early years of, of women's football when it all started back in 1995 and um, in regards to, you know, the World Cups, China were a powerhouse and used to be, you know, one of the big players in the game. For me, especially at this tournament, they have been disappointing their first game. For me, didn't really show me, you know, anything that's super, super exciting. 
But if they want to get anything out of, out of the tournament at the moment, this next game for them is going to be crucial to get at least a win. OK, so all still to play for in Group D. Let's move on to another big game. It actually kicks off your morning. It's an earlier kickoff on this one. Argentina versus South Africa. How do you see this one going? Because we know just how much the Argentinians love football. South Africa on their debut as well. And they put up a brilliant fight in their first game. I don't want to be biased, but this has been one of my favourite groups in terms of the football that they're playing. South Africa has been amazing, the way they've set up structurally, defensively, the way they've gone, you know, from, from defence to attack. It's, I think they've been, you know, superb. Argentina, powerhouse in women's, in, in football in general. You can see the way that they want to play. They've got some really quality across the field. Benini, for me, I think is one of the best on ground for that team. And, you know, she can pull anything out of, out of, out of anything on, on the pitch. So. Um, I think, to be honest, this game is actually going to be one a, a cracker. Yeah, it could be. A bit like when we saw Portugal versus Vietnam earlier. Both teams in that game kind of knew they had to win because they knew they were in a tough group. Very similar case for both of the teams involved in that game tomorrow. Of course, you know, everyone wants to win, especially um, teams that have come their, their debut at the World Cup. They want to get something out of it, whether they're scoring a goal, getting a point or, or getting a win. So it's super important that they do get something out of these tournaments. Yeah, that game is an earlier kickoff uh, from 10am here on Optus Sport. OK, it's time for us to take a short break right now, but still plenty more to come on the match day wrap. So don't go anywhere. Plenty more for us to review from another brilliant day of the Women's World Cup. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Optus Sports post-match wrap. What a day of action. We have had time to recap even more of just what happened and the day got underway with a cracker. USA won, Netherlands won. As you can see, the fans in good spirits and I am not surprised because one of the games of the tournament so far, Kath, sometimes these games that we bill as being huge, being deciders, being two of the best teams in the world can disappoint. Wasn't the case for that one, was it? It wasn't. This was a cracking game. I thought it was, you know, the Netherlands all in the first half. I thought they, they came out amazing. They, they really outplayed the USA. They were fantastic with the ball, without the ball, the way they were recovering back. You could see the energy that they were bringing. They wanted revenge for the 2019 World Cup. And you can see here the, the strike, the, the passion once they did score. It was just unbelievable to see the Netherlands take it to the USA and to see them go one nil down made me so happy. I can say <laughs> that because Jess is not sitting next to me now, so yeah. it's okay. But you've got to give it to the USA, their mentality, the way they fought back in the second half. I thought they came out like a different team. They, you could see that they, they were really um, disappointed in their first half performance and they did come back and get something out of that game. And you've got to give credit to Lindsay Horan because she's one amazing footballer and you could see the desire. When that cross came in, 
the way she got her head on that ball, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, we've actually picked that out as our Rexona not done yet moment because she came, got an injury, came back to score this goal. And as you said, Kath, it was it was a brilliant goal, wasn't it? What a goal, honestly. Her and Van der Donk all game were going at it. Their teammates at Lyon, they were going off at each other before this moment, before the corner kick was taken. And you could just see when she got up <laughs> for that header, she just wanted that goal so badly. You could just see what it actually meant to her as well after she did score the goal. But it was nice to say that we did see on Instagram afterwards that Horan and Van der Donk had a nice little photo with their arms around each other. And it just goes to show what it means to these, these players on the pitch, it's like white line fever. You cross that line, they all want to win. Yeah, they do. And it was uh, it was feisty from the off in that game, wasn't it? The other game of the day was Portugal versus Vietnam. Portugal winning this one by two goals to nil. But, Kath, maybe the only surprise in this is that Portugal didn't score more goals. They should have had a lot more, honestly. They could have won this game by five or six if they were a bit more clinical in the front third. Portugal came out and you could just see the flair, the individual flair, especially on... on you know, each and every one of these players. And for me, Nazareth here, what a player she is. She's going to be an upcoming footballer for, for years to come. And uh, Jess De Silva, the quality that they had. And you could see all the changes that they made. They made like seven changes to that yeah. team. You could see that this was the game they were coming out to get three points out of. Confirmation then of the Group E standings after two matches have been played by all of the teams. USA and Netherlands are through. They have both got four points. But Portugal giving themselves an opportunity with three points this afternoon. Vietnam, though, zero points. They cannot go through. OK, well, this World Cup just keeps rolling on. It just keeps giving. There is lots more to come on Optus Sport tomorrow. These games are all exclusive. This is the only place you can see these three matches from the Women's World Cup. It gets underway early. Set your alarms for a Group G clash between Argentina and South Africa. Coverage from that one gets underway at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Then it's England versus Denmark at 5.30 Eastern in Group D before China. Haiti and coverage for that one gets underway 8.45 Eastern. Kath, thank you so much for joining me. I know it was a disappointing day for the Matildas overall, but still all to play for. There's still a lot to play for. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. That's exactly the mantra. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for joining us here on Optus Sport as well. And of course, if you're listening on the Optus Sport football podcast as well. Don't forget, tomorrow is the only place to see all of the games in the Women's World Cup. So we'll see you same time, same place tomorrow. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.